0: This is Game Time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward White.
1: Hey, hey, good afternoon. Welcome into the program. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. It is a Thursday afternoon. And we are so glad you're with us here as uh, we get ready to talk sports live and local just the way you like it here on uh, ESPN Central Texas. I I don't know. uh, And oh, by the way, let us say hello and good afternoon to to Ward White. Ward, how are you today? Alive and well. (laughs) That's half the battle. You know what? I think that's actually about 87% of the battle. (laughs) So, Aaron, you doing okay? Doing
2: great. Great. Great start to the day.
1: Great start. That's right. I forget your day starts at like one o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon, where the rest of us begin at six a.m. it's
2: closer to noonish. But you know, yeah, I'll I get up. up I nice. stay up late.
1: Hey, how about that one, Ward? I get what? The, I get up at the crack of noon. Are you kidding
2: me? I also stay up till about 3 o'clock. No one you know, makes digest, you do that. Digesting the day's sports news and getting ready for the shows the next
1: day. That digesting way. that chili con carne or whatever. That's what he's digesting at 3 o'clock in the morning. All right. Uh, anyway, we welcome to the program. I'm going to tell you, we had a chance to go over to the uh, Texas Sports Hall of Fame today. And uh, it, they were honoring John Morse. It was the uh, Lunch with a Legend. And uh, – First of all, it was kind of cool to see guys that you haven't seen in a long time, people you haven't seen in a long time. Uh, we were able to, uh, ran into Coach Cotton Davidson, ran into uh, to Coach Taft, uh, they, they were there, uh, just uh, Mike Sims, uh, the uh, the former trainer who's now over at Southwest Sports Medicine, he was, I mean, there's still a lot of folks that were there, and they were there to honor our guy, and, and we like to claim him, too. I know he's the uh, the voice of the Baylor Bears, but he's our guy, too, and they were there to honor john morris uh at uh, uh at the uh, at the luncheon and and it was a packed house it was a our our buddies uh, stephen simcox was there uh and uh, it was it was a packed house it was a lot of fun and uh just a a terrific day uh in the um with the program doug Furch and his group uh hosted the the program and john uh, I, I, excuse me jerry hill was the uh was the m c and and did a great job, Jerry. And Jerry was funny. And let me tell you something. Jerry didn't realize this, but tomorrow, every Friday afternoon, uh, Ricky Thompson's on this program talking football. Mm-hmm. Has since, I don't know, 74, 75. Uh, Jerry just absolutely t- kept taking shot after shot after shot at Ricky. Hmm. So... Tomorrow, Uh-oh. we'll let Ricky, right here on this very radio program, take a shot or two at our good buddy Jerry Hill. I think that would be kind of fun.
3: Maybe. Yeah. I don't know that Ricky will even do it, though. Oh, yeah, he will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he will. Uh,
1: it, it, but it was all in good fun. But you know, it, at one table, it was kind of cool because you had John's basketball partner, Pat Nunley, John's former color commentator Walter Abercrombie was there. Uh, unfortunately, JJ was not able to be there. Ricky Thompson, the sideline reporter, was there. John's uh, original engineer, the guy you know that does all the technical work to get you on the air, Craig Harper was there, and then Bob Baker, who does the technical work now, he was there. So he he had his little broadcast family there. But then. He had his actual family there. I don't think MJ got to come down, but uh, his daughters were there. His son-in-laws were there. His wife was there. Kind of a cool deal.
3: Very cool. And, very yeah. well-deserving, too.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's what we were saying. I mean, he's the most modest human being you ever met in your life, but uh, it, it was well-deserving. I mean, the, the dedication. Someone said that. I think maybe Jerry did the math, and John's broadcast over 390 football games at Baylor football games.
3: That's that's good. That's, that's, that's a lot.
1: lot of football. Yep, it's a lot of and who knows how many basketball, baseball, softball. Mm-hmm. You know, tier three television or whatever the case may be. MC this con, this uh, this banquet and and you know so he's so anyway it was um, it was lunch with the legend and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Lark Smith and I went over there and uh, and thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. Uh, you know, and, and some of the you know like Craig and 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 John and John and and myself and Lark and. You know, we worked together at KWTX Television, the television building over on w- w- then on Bosky Boulevard, mm-hmm. uh, right across from the heart of Texas Coliseum. That'll tell you how long ago that was. That was back in the early 80s. So, <laughs> but anyway, a lot of fun and congratulations to J Mo. Uh, it was a well deserved honor and it was a great day. Great day. Uh, let's see. Eight minutes after four, 4:08. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. We've got a lot of stuff to get to today. We're going to get to some Cowboys news and notes. We're going to get to some Baylor news and notes as they continue camp. Steven Simcox, as we mentioned, will join us uh, on the program. Uh, we think we have Calvin Watkins to talk Cowboy football with <laughs> us from the Dallas Morning News uh, on the program today. And uh, t- you know what? We t- we talked about this, Ward, the other day. Remember we got into a conversation about six-man football and just how much stinking fun it is mm-hmm. and, uh, and just how much fun people have going to those games. Well... Terry Crawford is uh, the head coach and a very successful head coach of the Abbott Panthers. Uh, He's going to join us this afternoon prior to their their final scrimmage. They have a scrimmage tonight. And, you know, we talked about that yesterday. A lot of people scrimmage on Thursday night so that they can scout the next day, start getting uh, a week, you know, a day ahead of of the schedule as far as game preparation. Because next week, kids, think about that. Next week week is mm-hmm. game week. Yes, it is. We've got games all across the fam, our family radio stations next Friday night. You will be I'll be in Temple with the Wildcats and the Chaparrales.
3: Yes. That's going to be Defending a doozy. state champ coming in to take on the Temple Wildcats at Memorial Stadium. What a great atmosphere. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, E.P. Masters and his crew mm-hmm. will be down in College Station mm-hmm. uh, for university.
1: And uh, Coach Tusa and I We'll be up in uh, the Metroplex. We'll be at Hamby Stadium in Mesquite for West Mesquite and Waco High. Yes. So, and then our Friday night scoreboard show right here uh-huh. on ESPN Central Texas with Aaron and Lark. And that's, our, that's just our Friday night stuff. That just gets us started. And then the following week, we'll we'll dive into it even deeper with all of our college coverage. Yes. And we've got four college games to bring you. <laughs> Starting right here on ESPN with the Baylor Bears and mm-hmm. Texas State. Uh yes. we'll be we'll be down in San Marcos for that.
3: Yes, you will. So you will be where I will be in Belton at UMHB, six o'clock kickoff. Four UMHB and uh, South Eastern, I believe. So that one of those directionals, guy. yeah, one yeah. of the directionals. All right,
1: so in UMHB, by the way, preseason number one.
3: Yeah, the D3 poll came out yesterday, and they are number one in the country How right now. How about that? Go, Coach Fred. Yeah, so love it. Absolutely love you it. You bet. So we got
1: that, uh, and we'll have the uh, Texas broadcast and the Aggies broadcast So we'll, mm-hmm. you know, all across our family radio stations. Fun And, Saturday. of course, we also have Cowboys football throughout the season <laughs> right here. So we're just a wee bit busy. Yeah, you can get your football fix here. Yeah, and uh, if, if you have family, if you work here and you have family, tell them you'll see them in January because mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be rocking. And uh, that's just the way it is. All right, but anyway, uh, so we, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that, and uh, we'll get into all kinds of fun stuff. I, I do want to be, uh, talk to uh, Terry Crawford and visit about the Abbott Panthers, visit about the, uh, the, uh, the, the scrimmage that's coming up, and we'll do that coming up a little later on. All right. Uh, it is twelve minutes after four. We we do this, we do this each and every Thursday, as uh, we welcome Mike Ray to the uh, to the program. Mike is uh, from the Humane Society, and, and and what is the official name, Mike?
4: Humane Society of Central Texas.
1: And, and you're located on the Circle.
4: Right on the Circle, right across from uh, Rudy's over there.
1: All right. You guys have got a cool event coming up. What uh, tomorrow night?
4: Yes, sir. Uh, so we're calling it TDIF. Uh, Thank dog, it's Friday. <laughs> Ain't that great? It's gonna be at uh, Brotherwell Brewing um, from seven to nine. We're gonna have uh, the, the adoption trailer out there with some dogs. Um, you know, Brotherwell's got some uh, local local brews that are pretty delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have HTK Barbecue out there doing uh, catering. So we'll have uh, they'll have their, their regular meat, you know, barbecue, but then they'll also have the the vegetarian barbecue for, for guys like me. So. Um, a lot, of, a lot of fun out there. We'll have a, a little bit of a live music set going on for the last hour, which would be pretty cool. Um, but just a good atmosphere to get out there and, and, and meet some dogs um, and you know maybe take one of them home with you.
1: And you told me right now you guys are, are pretty loaded with, with animals.
4: We are. So this morning uh, when I got to the shelter, we have uh, seven open kennels. Um, so we're actually doing a free adoptions right now um, from today until Saturday. Um, what does that entail, by the way? So that entails – You'll come in. You'll find a dog you like. Um, You know, you want to make sure you bring your whole family and another. If you have other dogs, bring them with you. Uh, If you find one you like, you you know, we'll do the paperwork and we'll send it home with you for free. Zero cost to you whatsoever.
1: All right. So now. And I'm asking because I don't know. Yes, sir. Uh, what about, like, making sure the dog has shots and, and, yes, and is ready to walk out? Uh, yes, is sir. that part of this, this? Yes, sir.
4: So the, the city uh, um, does a wonderful job. They have a, a, their own vet there and, and a vet staff there. And they every single dog, it's hard to imagine. we got 161 dogs right now, and the vet takes care of 161 dogs wow. daily. Yeah. So he does an incredible job up there. Um, the whole vet team does an incredible job. So every dog that leaves that building will be vetted. Uh, it will be, you know, have updated rabies shot, microchip, all its, you know, vaccines that it needs, dewormed uh, and ready to rock and roll.
1: And that's going on this right now or this weekend?
4: Right now. So it starts today mm-hmm. uh, and goes Friday and Saturday as well. Um, so we're just really trying to encourage people to come in and, and, and find a dog. we got a lot of really good dogs up there right now that would really love to go home.
1: Hey, it's move in time for Baylor. Those kiddos are going to miss
4: mom and dad, and there you right? go. but uh, they, they they need they need a friend they need a friend we got them for them so come on down and uh, check them out all right so uh again though you
1: you've got the event coming up uh and talk tell us about it one more time
4: so yeah we got the tdif thank dog it's friday uh and that'll be tomorrow at Brotherwell brewing uh from seven to nine we'll have the adoption trailer out there have some some cool dogs if you know if you're interested in maybe meeting some of the dogs come on out and check them out um Say hi to some of our staff, and, and we'll kind of go from there.
1: Mike Gray, we appreciate your time today. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, it is 15 after four, and here's what I want to do. I want I want to play a couple of clips for you, Ward and Aaron, and, and Mike. You, you can jump in on this too. And I want you to I want you to hear these guys talk about what's going on with with the, their transfer. Now this is this is this first one should be uh, Jacob Gall, who transferred in from Buffalo.
5: Uh, I love Coach Mateos. He's another one of
6: the the big reasons that um, I came here. Um, I think he's a great coach. I think he has a great resume. And through the first week of practice or two weeks of practice that I've had with him, I've I've been so excited
2: to come back every day and work with him.
1: Now, Grant Miller, who transferred – who's out of Florida, by the way, who transferred to Baylor from Vanderbilt, this is what he had to say yesterday. Uh,
2: Well, one of the main attractions I had to Baylor was uh, that Coach uh, Grimes and Coach Mateos was here just being able to talk to – some of the other schools that I had some interest in in the transfer portal and stuff, I really felt like this was the best fit for me. You know, as an offensive lineman, I can't really complain about having two great offensive line coaches on my, uh, you know, in this in the staff. Obviously, Coach Grimes has a great resume. Obviously, Coach Mateos already has a great uh, resume at you know the young age and his early 30s. So, those were both main draws to me. As well as uh, both of my parents and a lot of my family members came here to Baylor. So. I always uh, had that desire in high school and everything like that to uh, always hopefully end up at Baylor one day, and you know it ended up working out in this situation. So, you know, I'm just really happy to be here.
1: Both guys interviewed separately. Ward White mm-hmm. talked about the quality of coaching they're getting along that offensive line.
3: That, and that's good news. That, that's a concern going into the season uh, about that offensive line coming together. And, you look, you look, it starts with the coaching staff. And if they can get these guys believing in the system, believing in what they're doing, and pulling those guys together, well, then you're have a you ahead of the game. You have a chance to get that line going where you need it to go. And, you know, you've said it many times. More than any other position on the field, that offensive line has to go to dinner together. They have to hang out together, play video games mm-hmm. together, just sit around the dorm together or around an apartment together and just be around each other, that that position more than any other on the field, just have to be able to know what the other one's thinking at all times. And that's the first step is having that coaching staff, getting them believing in what they're doing.
1: Hey, it, it, five have to act like one.
3: Yeah, they do. And, and that's, the, you know,
1: nowhere else on the – you know, in the back end, maybe four have to act uh, – Not anymore. But not, not – not, not like that. Not like that, though. Not like that. I mean, five have to act like one. Because you can have four that are perfect, spot-on perfect, and one that's not disaster,
3: Yeah, plays over. Yeah, they, they, have to, they have to do everything together. And when you got guys that can do that, that's when you have that offensive line that starts gelling and coming together and, and being a big force with that offense.
1: So uh, I just thought that was cool, it, not only for this season with these transfer guys, but what about building this program and continuing to build this program under Dave Miranda with, with uh, Coach Grimes and, and Coach Mattales as they go out and recruit players? If, if they have that kind of reputation, you know they're going to be able to go recruit offensive linemen. Oh, yeah. And if you can recruit offensive linemen, man, that's where it starts, in my opinion. Everything falls together after that. I, I totally agree. So I thought that was kind of cool. Again, the uh, Bears continue their uh, their fall workouts. They have a scrimmage. Uh, coming up on Saturday, and then they'll, uh, they'll uh, you know, have classes beginning next week, and they're going to start getting ready for Texas State, and that is just around the corner. So, man, that's exciting stuff. High school football next week, the following week college football, so uh, good stuff there. All right, 19 after 4. It four nineteen. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas from the Allen Samuel Studios and our 4 o'clock hour a service of Good Feet in the Central Texas Marketplace.
7: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Haley Fitzpatrick. The humidity sticks around as we head into the overnight with partly cloudy skies and a low tonight of 77. We'll wake up to a little bit more cloud cover in the morning before seeing mostly sunny skies as we head into the afternoon with a high tomorrow of 94. Heat index values will feel a little bit more like the upper 90s to lower 100s. Saturday is looking to be mostly sunny and a high of 96. Make sure to join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 5, 30, and 9 for your forecast first. Plus check out fox44news.com. Com for any changes in the weather,
8: Baylor football lives here.
7: Slipping one man. It's need He's
9: into the end zone. Wow, what a move. The shotgun. He's pressured and he's down. Good Hit by Bernard. He's ready. Pass is caught. Touchdown, Bears. Pass intercepted. This will be a pick six into the end zone. Oh, he has got Abner for a touchdown.
8: Listen all season long on your home for Bears football, ESPN Central Texas.
3: Searching for popular jewelry at affordable prices? Do yourself a favor and check out Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Ponds. Large selection of men's and women's gold, silver, and stainless steel jewelry. Their inventory includes rings, necklaces, chains, bracelets, and earrings, plus jewelry for the western crowd and biker enthusiasts. Stainless steel jewelry starts at $19.99. Also, they offer 90 days, same as cash. Text 16118 or 22462 to apply. Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, 254-662-4803.
0: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
3: I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Chicago White Sox pitcher Lance Lynn was ejected from his start against the Oakland Athletics last night after tossing his belt to umpires from the dugout during a foreign substance inspection. D3 football put out its top 25. University Mary Hardin baylor Crusaders are number one, followed by Mountain Union, North Central, Whitewater, and Wheaton, rounding out the top five. Harden-Simmons came in at number seven. You can hear all the Crusaders' games this fall on Fox Sports Central Texas. Lyle Collins left practice early yesterday for the Cowboys with what appears to be a shoulder and neck issue. The Cowboys dress rehearsal with the Texans this Saturday. Astros skid continues and try to avoid the sweep this afternoon taking on the Royals. And the Texas Rangers lost to the Mariners last night. Have an afternoon game at Global Life Field with the Mariners, and you can hear that game on Fox Sports Center Texas.
0: Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Now back to the Alan Samuel studios.
8: All right.
1: 423 game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Aaron. We're glad you're along as we roll through this uh, Thursday afternoon. Our program is presented by Alan Samuel's Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat that day game. By the way, Ward is at seven to three in the home half of the ninth in favor of the out of towners, the Seattle Mariners, the uh, they lead it 7-3, to three, and if this score holds up, then the uh, Rangers will drop their 79th game. So you can go to the game tomorrow mm-hmm. and watch them lose their 80th of the year. <laughs> you, can be, you can say, I was there for that 80th loss of the season. Ooh. Oh, my
3: They could get to 100. Yeah. Easily.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they could. Uh, <laughs> well on their way. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, 7-3 right now in the home half of the ninth as the uh, Rangers trail the Seattle Mariners. So, there you go. All right, uh, Cowboy, I, we didn't talk much yesterday about Hard Knocks, Episode 2. I mm-hmm. watched it la- – I didn't get to see it uh night before last, so I watched it last night, and I didn't think last night was as intriguing as the first night. Just, when, just it an wasn't opinion, for me either. Just an opinion. Uh, we, it was I, good. I yeah. mean,
3: I'm a Cowboy fan, so I was locked in. But yeah, right. I, it wasn't as good as the first episode. When
1: the, when the narrator talks more than the players and the coaches, and he did last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. It, it just wasn't as you know. I like hearing that interact. I like I like being the guy that we're eavesdropping in on a player coach conversation, a player player conversation. That's what I liked. Yeah, and, I, and we got a lot of that that first night, mm-hmm. and I would like to see some of that.
3: Uh, kind of a little bit in episode number two, but just not as much. No, no, know, I, I get it. They're trying to, they're trying to find a story inside the story. Um, but for me, I, I want to hear from, you know, Dak and I want to hear from 21. I want to hear on the defensive side, you know, from, from, uh, Parsons. And, you know, I, I even want to hear from Amari Cooper. We haven't, haven't. Heard anything on the first two episodes about Amari Cooper? Very not a, quiet. Not a single word about him. Very quiet. Now,
1: are, I'm of the opinion that that team is fast becoming C.D. Lamb's football team. Oh, All right. At the at wide yeah, receiver I,
3: spot, I think when he got drafted, I felt that way. Uh, I thought that there was a good chance that this is going to be something very special with C.D. Lamb, and look, he proved it his his freshman campaign mm-hmm. this year. I mean, he is. Made some outstanding catches just talking to the people we've talked to and everybody glowing about CD Lamb. And, you know, you saw in episode two, they were talking about CD Lamb and how good he was performing in this camp. I, I, that guy, he has a chance to be something very, very special.
1: Here's our update on, uh, on, uh, Dak Prescott from Mike McCarthy.
5: Dak's status is, uh, I would guess continue to classify it as, as limited. We'll just continue to, the throwing regiment, and keep building up the volume.
11: So, so at this point, with
1: this being the last padded practice, is it fair to say he won't play?
5: Oh, there's a good chance he probably
1: won't play, yes. That's fair. <laughs> Hang on a second. There's a good chance that he probably won't play.
3: <laughs> He's not playing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's not playing. We get it. Why don't you just say that? <laughs> there's a good chance that he probably won't play. But – Anyway, uh, and I'm sure that Mike McCarthy is sick to death of being asked about Dak Prescott and will he play and all that stuff. I mean, if it changes, I guarantee you everybody's going to know. Uh, just like I'm sure Cully's sick to death talking about Deshaun Watson in Houston. There's other guys on the team, and but – you That's know, the question they're going to get asked. Well, it's the quarterback. Yeah. It's the quarterback. So, I mean, here we go. You know, uh, Dak Prescott uh, – not Dak Prescott, I'm sorry. Ezekiel Elliott uh, uh, said that uh, Kellen Moore, the OC, told him in their very first meeting they had a simple goal, have the number one offense in the National Football League. Now, to get there, I was just thinking about this. Uh, obviously, all, all, everything's going to have to click. If, if you're going to produce those kind of those kind of numbers and those kind of points, mm-hmm. with Dak not playing, and in okay, so whether I don't care what side you're on in the equation, he needs to play. He doesn't need to play. He's not going to play. So let's let's all we're, we're all resolved to that. So in these first couple of games, Ward, does this kind of need to be Ezekiel Elliott's football team or that while Garrett. Uh, not Garrett, but, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Kellen Moore. No, I'm talking about the quarterback. Dak Prescott. The, the
2: oh, backup. I you were talking about that. The oh, backup. G- Garrett Gilbert, yeah. Garrett sorry.
1: Gilbert, yeah. Well, While Gilbert runs the offense, and he's going to be the guy that's running the offense, it looks like, they're, they're probably going to just ask him to manage the offense, don't you think? You mean in for the first game of the season? Well, no, I'm sorry. When, when D- because he's quarterbacking these games, Dak will be very limited in what he's doing in practice, probably. So when he goes out on the field in that first game against Tampa, don't you think that it's going to be
3: Zeke's team really the first couple of weeks while Dak gets things going? No, I don't.
1: He hasn't played.
3: In, I, I I think it probably year. it probably should, but I don't think that Kellen Moore is going to dial it back and and do that. So he turns the whole playbook wide open. I yeah, I, I think so.
2: And I also think that with – I know they've improved on defense, but I still don't think they're in the top half of the league, and I don't think they're going to have that option. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot because I think the the Buccaneers are going to score a lot.
3: Now, if it's me, I I turn 21 loose anyway. I mean, Dak said something uh, a couple of weeks ago when asked about it, you know, what about a 6,000-yard season? And he said, well, if I'm throwing for 6,000 yards, that's probably a mistake because we need to hand the ball off to – Ezekiel Elliott. And, and, and I, th- I think the offense, you know, should run through both of them. But I, I do feel like that, you know, the best way to, to get a, a established offense is with that running game. No matter where you are, what you're doing, and you got to be able to do that. And if you can do that, that makes it the passing game open up. I understand the NFL is more leaning toward the pass now and everything that everybody says, but it's still football. And if you can run the ball, you you behoove yourself to run the football. It shortens the game. Keeps that defense you, off the yes, field. Yes, and, you know, just like Daryl Royal said, there's, two, there's three things that can happen when you throw the ball, and two of them are bad. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, the, the running game in the game of football is still relevant whether you want to think it is or not. If you can run it, then you need to run it. And I think that if they can, if they can get 21 churning and going, they can win a whole lot of football games. Here's Zeke talking about Dag, by the way.
12: I don't know if so much is a setback because, um, I mean, yeah, we haven't had a chance to play all together in a while, but we do have a lot of veteran pieces and a lot of guys who've played a lot of football. So, I mean, um, you know, it does suck that we're not able to able to uh, practice all together right now, but I think uh, we'll, we'll pick up at a good point when he gets back.
1: And Zeke went on to say that they do miss Dak Prescott.
12: I mean, he's the leader of our team. He's the leader of our offense. Uh, you know, I gets us all lined up. I uh, mean, he calls the shots. So, I mean, definitely miss him out there. Um, we got to do what we can uh, uh, while he's not there just to keep things going. But he'll uh, be exciting to get him back.
1: So, anyway, the Cowboys obviously will have a You're – you're going to have a quarterback when you play – on national television on Thursday night, what is that, the ninth of September or something like that, against Tampa? You're you're gonna have a guy that is coming off two surgeries on that ankle mm-hmm. in rehab. Right. Sore shoulder we don't know the status of, and a guy that hasn't played football in almost a year. And, and you're just gonna turn
3: him loose? That's not what you're wanting to do. But yeah, I'm I just I feel like that they're gonna they're gonna they're going to open up the offense because that's how Kellen Moore rolls. And I, I, I agree with Aaron. I mean, you're going against Tom Brady, and your defense is suspect anyway. I would hope it's better, but I don't think it's there yet. You're going to have to be able to fling the ball around to be able to stay up in some cases. Now, again, if, if it's a perfect world and you can shorten the game by running 21 till it all looks level – then, yeah, absolutely you do that. And, I, I, again, I agree with you. I think it should be 21's game. I think it should be – For a couple of weeks until he gets his feet up. No pun for, intended. I for mean, me, I think it should be that way for 17 games.
1: Well, I'm with you. But, I mean, that's – our football and their football is a lot different. It's different, yeah. It's, it's absolutely Very different. much different. So, But it still works if it can. Well, absolutely. Because, again, it goes back to what we were just talking about when we were talking about Baylor – Football's football. You win, the, you win the line of scrimmage, you win the football game 99% of the time. Yes, you do. And I don't care if it's Pop Warner or if it's the NFL. If you win the line of scrimmage, you win football games.
3: You certainly set yourself up to be in, yeah. at least be in it and have a, a damn good chance of winning it. Yeah.
1: And, again, you go back to last year when, when you didn't have Dak, and a lot of times you didn't have Andy Dalton, Zeke wasn't – Zeke wasn't Zeke let's be honest no he wasn't I mean he absolutely wasn't he was he didn't it just wasn't there for for several reasons but also the trust factor you couldn't trust him
3: he fumbled the football well the first five games it was he got that cleaned up later but then later he didn't have an offensive line to run behind so he had nowhere to go right so I mean yeah there was a lot of factors to what happened to Zeke last year
1: so, we'll, we'll see uh, as the Cowboys get ready for Tampa Bay. It is a 4.33. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Let's take a second and let's talk about our good friends over at Waco Beef and Pork Processors. I was talking to Mike the other day, and, and we, we mentioned this last week, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, they've got some new items. You know, we've always talked about the fact that they have ground beef, but they now have ground chicken and ground turkey in one-pound packages. They also have your choice of uh, dino ribs in single packs. Now, they, they also have uh, in-house boudin, and they have ethermiche, and I hope I said that right. Uh, if, if, if you're from West, you, you know what I'm talking about. They have that available at, uh, at Waco Beef and Pork Processors. They also have smoked whole chickens at Waco Beef. And pork processors. They got some terrific items. And of course, we've mentioned it all the time. They have award winning briskets. They've got mouth watering pork short ribs. They've got the, those hard to find beef ribs, uh, black forest ham, uh, you, holy smoked sausage. Man, I'm telling you, th- their summer sausage is outstanding. And, and they've got a ton of different sausages. They've got Czech sausage, Polish sausage, German sausage, Italian sausage, uh, chorizo. Uh, you name it, they've got it at Waco Beef and Pork Processors. Great steaks and just, I mean, just, it, look, we're still in the heart of grilling season and you can get some great uh, great items to grill at Waco Beef and Pork Processors. They're at 523 Precision Drive. And if you'd like a special cut, Mike will do it for you. I promise. You know, don't say, don't call them at noon and say, hey, I'll be there at one. Uh, and, and, you know, but if you'll give him a heads up yeah, maybe just give him a call, and he'll be more than happy to work with you. It's at 772-4669, 772 And if you want to check him out online, you can do that as well. It's HolySmokedSausage.com. That's HolySmokedSausage.com. Waco Beef and Pork Processors, 523 Precision driving. And, and tell them we sent you by.
8: Tune in to John Morris's Big 12 football previews here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas, presented by State Farm agents Bob Anderson, Bart Romig, and Mike McKenzie, George's Restaurant and Catering, and Bruner Motors in Stephenville. John Morris's Big 12 football previews, weekdays here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas.
0: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
3: I'm Warren Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Chicago White Sox pitcher Lance Lynn was ejected from his start against the Oakland Athletics last night after tossing his belt to umpires from the dugout during a foreign substance inspection. D3 football put out its top 25. University Mary Harden Baylor Crusaders are number one, followed by Mountain Union, North Central, Whitewater, and Wheaton, rounding out the top five. Harden Simmons came in at number seven. You can hear all the Crusaders' games this fall on Fox Sports Central Texas. Lyle Collins left practice early yesterday for the Cowboys with what appears to be a shoulder and neck issue. Cowboys dress rehearsal with the Texans this Saturday. Astros skid continues and try to avoid the sweep this afternoon, taking on the Royals and the Texas Rangers lost to the Mariners last night. Have an afternoon game at Global Life Field with the Mariners. And you can hear that game on Fox Sports Center. Texas.
0: Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas. Time now for the Ranger Roundup, brought to you by Kaleo Wealth Management Group.
1: All right, 438. We're 22 in front of five. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. As we uh, talked Ranger baseball uh, in our Ranger Roundup yesterday, the uh, Rangers lost a uh, heartbreaker 3-1. to one. The only run of the ball game for the Rangers came on a, uh, a Trevino RBI double. 2-1. Swinging a ball, driven to right field. That's
5: a base hit, fair ball rolling to the corner. Obanez hits third. He comes home and scores. Trevino chugging for a second. He slides in safely ahead of the throw, and it's an RBI double for Jose Trevino. The Rangers are on the board. They trail 2-1. to one.
1: Now, Ward, we, we give Fulton a, a of uh, a lot of heat. He did give up a home run yesterday, which was his 34th bomb to give up this season. That's crazy. But he did pitch pretty well, uh, well enough to win, but the Rangers just didn't have enough offense to win. Fulton Evans yesterday gave up two runs on three hits in six innings of work. It, it, you, you'll take that every time. I would your,
3: think you would, yeah.
1: So, But, and that's his third third straight pretty, pretty solid start. Now, today we were just, all right, we were just poking fun of them. Seven to three, bottom of the ninth. They get a wild pitch to score a run, then they get a home run by Martin and the game is 7-7, seven, seven, and they're playing to the top of the 10th. How about those Rangers? So, you know, I try to tell you guys, don't give up on those Rangers.
3: Uh-huh. I know. I heard you.
1: <laughs> you just you can't give up on them. So, mm. we were just talking about it. Do you guys like the X-Renning rule? No. It's not baseball. No. It's, no, I don't it's like the, What do they call it, the international rule where in international play, softball and baseball, you uh, – you put a person out at second base to start the inning.
13: <sighs>
3: yeah, and Seattle can't do anything with it. That's what amazes me. Well, they were I, trying it, to bunt. It, it blows me away that I mean, you should be able to score every time, but you but they can't with a you know? runner
1: in second. Sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, but and no outs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got a lot of work. It, it's you got a, a lot to work with.
1: You don't have to have a hit to score. No, you bunt it's him over, and a sack it, fly. In a sack
3: fly, you win the game. Yeah. Now. If you're Seattle, you don't because you're in the top of the inning. But if it stays 7-7, seven to seven, that ought to be the philosophy of the of the home team every time. Yeah. Just yeah. get out there and bunt. And, yeah. and I don't care if you have to get a guy that pinch hit a, a guy that can lay down a bunt. And, and here's the thing. Seattle tried
1: to do just exactly what you said. The problem was the guy at the plate took a third – a called third strike right down the middle. And, and so – and he was squaring the bunt and pulled it back and watched it go by and – and they uh, they didn't uh, they didn't get it done. So uh, now Seattle bats with a runner at second uh, and uh, a one two count with two outs in the uh, tenth inning. So the Rangers, by the way, right now with a record, uh, man, we were we were just talking about this, a record of uh, what forty three and seventy eight something, uh, forty two and seventy eight as they play here this afternoon in the get-out-of-town game. So uh, that is our Ranger Roundup. Our Ranger Roundup this afternoon is brought to you by Joe Kaleo and the fine folks at Kaleo Wealth Management. Now, all of a sudden, the Rangers can't get a strike called. There has been two borderline pitches that are going the other direction. It's uh, 4.42. We are 18 away from 5 o'clock. We're going to talk to Stephen Simcox, and we're going to do that next right here on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Recently on the John Moore Show.
9: And we said uh, spreading that culture of joy now onto the next level. Isn't that great to see?
0: Oh, it is great in, uh, to hear
6: their interviews and just how they conducted themselves. And, like, your four guys, no matter who you talk to, they love one another, uh, the high character, speak highly at Baylor
0: University. So, as a coach uh, – I'm just really proud when you hear people brag about your former players. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central
9: Texas.
14: This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in personally fit arch supports at the Goodfeet store. It's music to our ears. Just listen to Deidre.
7: I would tiptoe out of bed because the pain would shoot up my heels. When I went to the Goodfeet store, they allowed me to try on the arch supports, and I started sobbing because I had no pain.
14: Stop by the Goodfeet store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Goodfeet.
3: Stop by today at the Good Feet store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace.
14: Now, from the
0: Alan Samuel Studios.
1: 445, we are uh, 15 away from 5. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom, Ward, and Aaron, we're glad you're alongside. Ward, we were just talking about it during the break. A- and, again, not to just hammer on the same point, but Seattle started with a runner at second in, this, in the top of the 10th inning. And when the inning concluded, that runner was still standing at second. That's not good. It's not good baseball at all. Yeah. <laughs> So, now the Rangers here in the bottom of the 10th have a chance to win it. And, again, I'm telling you, they may not lose another. You guys have just got to have oh, faith. here we go. Uh, <laughs> let's welcome into the program our good friend Stephen Sipcock. Stephen, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? Tom, Mort, how are you doing? Man, we are good. We appreciate you being here. Stephen, first of all, let's start with the John Morris uh, the Lunch with the Legend. Uh, that, that was kind of cool, wasn't it?
6: It was cool. It was, you know, it was good to see JMO get honored in that way. Enjoyed hearing some, you know, stories about how he got to start in the business. Um, I mean, obviously, like getting to work with him was was a lot of fun producing his show. We usually got to do that. It was sort of a surreal thing, I grew up listening to him, like so many people around this area uh, did as well. So um, I know it's not his favorite thing to be the center of attention like that, but it was a good time and. Now I'm just wondering when we're going to get to the Ward White's lunch with a legend. Lincoln, I think that would be in high demand as well.
3: <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, Stephen Simcox with us here on ESPN Central Texas. And Stephen, you know, the realignment keeps popping up and coming up, and Gary Patterson when asked, was asked about it. He kind of deflected it off, but he also said that he felt like TCU is very marketable going if there isn't a realignment, if they have to go somewhere. Is that how you think that that this team is, is looking at this, or they're not really worried about it at all?
6: I do think they're marketable. I mean, I don't feel like this is the same situation they were in 20-some-odd years ago where the program was really struggling and they were sort of on the outside looking in when the Southwest Conference has it. Uh, and I mean, the football program's good. The baseball team has been very good. Basketball needs to get better. But they've they've improved their facilities a lot since moving to uh, the Big 12. It's a big TV market, if that's still something that really matters to these TV networks, obviously, with the big game in the of Dallas for it. Were. The, the unfortunate thing is for, you know, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, whoever it is that you want to discuss that's sort of left over, I mean, they have good programs. I think they're they're marketable programs.
15: I'm just not sure
13: what
6: exactly drives the uh, the interest here other than the brand names. And it's sort of like either you're a, a brand name school like Texas, or Oklahoma, or you're just already in the Cool Kids Club. I mean, there's some schools in the SEC, like the SEC is an amazing conference, but you also have... Bandy, which besides baseball doesn't really do a whole lot. South Carolina is sort of mediocre middle of the pack. Kentucky basketball is obviously a huge national thing, but the football team has struggled, even though they've gotten better over the last few years. So if you're not kind of in that group, then you have to have a big reason to get included uh, in this new sort of super league, if you want to call it that. And I just don't know if some of these smaller schools have the power to do that, but, um, I think T.C.'s in a much better situation than they were when the Southwest Conference blew up, and we'll see. You know if that ends up landing them somewhere as far as being in a big-time conference. But I think either way, I mean, even if you're sort of on the outside looking in, they've played that game before, and I don't, I don't feel like the commitment to athletics is going to wane at all, no matter where they uh, end up when this all
1: the dust kind of settles and things shake out. And I was, uh, after their scrimmage the other day, that was one of the things that Gary Patterson talked about. He said, hey, we've been here, done that, and got a T-shirt. I mean, they, they know exactly what they're doing when it comes to stuff like that. It, 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 and this is just a simple opinion from, from you, but in your opinion, are are is it in TCU, Baylor, Tech, Oklahoma, so on, so is it in their best interest to rally and stay together, uh, or is it uh, better for everybody to, to kind of just start looking around and seeing, uh, you know, what what can I get from me?
6: I guess it just depends on what you mean by staying together. I think the Texas schools, if they want to sort of negotiate as a package deal, I don't think that's a bad idea
15: because you could
6: certainly try to sell yourself as, hey, all three of us bringing in some Texas market revenue, allowing – if it's the Pac-12 allowing from West Coast schools to form more of a recruiting base in the state, those would all be attractive things. But if if we're discussing the eight leftover Big 12 teams staying together, I just don't really see that being possible. I know there's already some rumors that they're trying to move on to the Big Ten. At the end of the day, Tom, I, I just I believe everybody's going to do what's best for themselves, and there's some benefits to trying to. Um, kind of buddy up and communicate and be transparent and forthright with each other. But when it comes down to it, if somebody, if, if Baylor gets a deal sort of individually on their own, they're going to take it, right? Like, that's just sort of how you have to approach this. So I, I believe the uh, the approach that schools are going to take is, yeah, let's stay together, let's kind of rally unless something comes up and then we'll probably bail. And, I mean, that's that's obviously what OU and Texas have done. That's what maybe Kansas is trying to do. And I think when the dust settles here, we're going to see a lot of these teams that are left over just kind of get picked off by different conferences. And I don't really see a situation where they all end up staying together, which is unfortunate, but it's, it's sort of the reality we're in now.
3: Steven, for the Horned Frogs on the field, how is the offense coming together? Is, is this offense starting to gel a little bit? With new coordinators and and having different kind of wrinkles in this offense, do you, do you see it kind of going in the direction it needs to be going right now? So
15: there's a couple things
6: with the offense that I just I, we're not going to know until games start. I mean, they are saying that in practice things are jelling really well. Max Duggan, the quarterback, is taking a big leap, and that they're actually uh, challenging that defense a lot. But when the game start, one, is this offensive line better? Because last year, they just couldn't protect the quarterback, and that was a big reason why they didn't throw the ball a lot, and they went to more of a downhill running game. Um, they added Obama Ezi, who was a transfer from Memphis, and he's a big dude. He's a tackle. He's six seven, three hundred and twenty five 325 pounds. So that size jumped off the page. Is he going to be able to you know move his feet well, get in front of edge rushers? That'll be something that has to be answered. And can they stay healthy across that offensive line? Because they had a couple guys, uh, Steve Avila and Wes Harris, that went down with injuries. The other um, interesting thing about the offense to me is Doug Meacham, his title is offensive coordinator. And Doug was at TCU back in uh, 2014 through 2017. And while he was there, I mean, he's, a, he's an old school air raid guy from that Mike Leach tree. So they were throwing the ball all over the field. And then when he left, Gary Patterson got back to what he's done for a long time, which is more ball control, running the football, trying to protect his defense. Well, then Sonny Comby left this offseason, and now Meacham's back. And there's also Jerry Kill, who is an analyst. But when Gary's been asked in the past what his title is, he refers to him as the head coach of the offense. And Jerry Kill has been all around. But, I mean, most notably, he was the head coach in Minnesota for a few years. And he's a Big Ten guy, more of a old-school, downhill-type style offensive coordinator, offensive mind. So I just want to know what the identity of this team is. Are, are they going to go back to some of those air raid concepts they used under Meacham in the past? How much influence is Kill going to have? I, I don't really know how you merge those two things. I, I think you can certainly have a balanced offense, and maybe that's where they're going to land. But those are such different um, – formations, concepts that those guys have done in the past. I, I just don't know how that comes together when they actually start uh, doing play calling and Ward, as you've laid out in the past? Like play calling is not only the plays you call, but the rhythm, how you're setting up things, what looks you're giving teams. So I just want to know who who's in control of that. Is it um, Jerry kill? Is it Doug Meacham? Is it Doug Meacham with the heavy influence from Jerry kill? And we, we won't really get a, a picture of that probably until they play, you know, Cal and SMU, that first game against Duquesne. I think if something goes wrong there, then we're in for a very long season.
1: Hey, Steven, I was just looking, uh, in, in, you you mentioned Duggan, but hey, he and, and Evans and, and Quentin Johnson, uh, these are guys that are, that are quality offensive weapons. So, as you said, how do you blend these guys? You do have a lot of weapons. I mean, I, I think
6: Zach Evans, he really emerged – at the end of last year as just a, a stud and he's going to be their main running back and the talent was obviously there at North Shore there were just some questions about um off the field distractions some things that had gone down in high school but for for all intents and purposes it seemed like he had his head on straight and was doing a nice job there as a freshman and i think the the big um sort of integral part of this is going to be what is that so the receiving group, you know, you mentioned Quentin Johnson and it I love Quentin. Obviously we got to cover him at Temple. Um he put up good numbers for a freshman. What does that look like as a sophomore who has more experience? And they're actually really deep at, at wide receiver. Tay Barber's a player in the slot that done some nice things from them. Uh J D Spielman is a transfer from Nebraska who had a really good career for the Cornhuskers and then got hurt last season didn't end up playing much, but has that extra of eligibility. Savion Williams is another big target on the the outside. They have a a guy named Quincy Brown, who originally was supposed to go to Mississippi State, but had some eligibility issues, didn't play last year. He's apparently been impressing a lot in fall camp. Darius Davis is a a speedster who does some things for them on punt returns. I think they're going to try to get him more involved. So can you consistently get those guys the ball? And a lot of that will come back to the offensive line. Are you able to protect? Are you able to establish a running game? But the talent's there. I mean, I, I think in past years, you've had young quarterbacks. The past few years where the offense hasn't been very really consistent, you've had young quarterbacks and frankly just skilled players who couldn't take the top off a of defense. They have an experienced quarterback in Duggan. You have guys on the outside who you think can play, so it's it, it's time to make that happen. and um, They're going to have to execute those things if they want to have some some explosiveness there, but uh, on paper, they look
3: great, Steven, You normally don't worry about a Gary Patterson defense, and coming into this season, I think you probably feel pretty good about it. The problem has always, or been in the past couple of years, is they don't get any help from that offense, and so the depth starts showing its ugly head on that defense. Have they rectified that? Do they have the depth that can help that offense kind of get on its feet, and, and before they can, you know, get into a situation where they're sitting there and they look up and they they just their tongue's dragging the ground.
6: I think they'll do it certain spots. Uh, you know, at corner they're pretty loaded. Travis Hodges Tomlinson from Midway did a really nice job for them last year. Noah Daniels is a good player. Kean Stewart, someone who's played a lot of games over the course of his career. Uh my my big thing on defense is defensive line. They they're actually I mean they're replacing a really good player and Garrett Wallace, linebacker, but I just, I don't really worry about linebackers in the Gary Patterson defense. I think they're eventually going to figure things out, but that defensive line last year, they got a lot better towards the end of the season. I will say though, at the end of the year, they played uh, Texas tech, Kansas Baylor, Oklahoma state. And that's where most of their production was. And outside of that Oklahoma state game, I would say those other three teams really struggle on the offensive line. So, I mean, can you get a pass rush against a team like Oklahoma or Iowa State or Texas? And I know that's a tough thing to do, but you have to do it because I mean, as you know, Ward, like Gary Patterson is going to play a lot of man coverage. He's not going to change that. And if you're playing man up on the outside um, or any coverage really, you've got to get to the quarterback. You have to, you know, hit him, rattle him, get negative plays, or you're probably going to get beat eventually. So if, if that group can be more consistent. Then I think the defense will be fine, but it's 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 a huge question because yeah they they've tried to play time of possession the last few seasons, but when you're going three and out, you're not keeping the ball for very long. And you're right in the fourth quarter, that defense would eventually just sort of bend and break because they've been out on the field for so long. So if you you either have to control the clock or score, you know, and, and actually get points out of those drives, or that defense is eventually going to wear down.
1: Steven, uh, what are you working on for uh, Locked on Horn Frogs? Well, we're
6: uh, obviously, you know, talking a lot about fall camp. Um, episode today that dropped, I, I discussed that defensive line more, and um, we we also talked about the Big 12 COVID policy this year, that if a team can't play, they're going to have to forfeit, which is sort of a new wrinkle to, to this season. And then uh, earlier this week, I had Josh Neighbors on the show from Locked on Big 12, and we talked to the AP Top 25 poll and uh, some Big 12 quarterback rankings, so that's all available right now on Locked On Horn Frogs, which is uh, anywhere you get podcasts. But Apple Podcasts is what most people use, so uh, yeah, it's, it's a Locked On Horn Frogs is where you can find me.
1: Stephen, as always, we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. That is Stephen Simcox with Locked on Frogs, uh dot com. The podcast, uh, I said dot com. Uh, the uh, podcast, Locked On Horn Frogs. So there you go. All right, 4:59. We're a minute away from five. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. A high fly, deep right center field,
8: Taylor turning to look, it's gone.
1: Texas Rangers baseball on ESPN Central Texas. There's a swing and there's a drive the opposite way to deep left. Kemp is going back, he looks, and that ball is history. Follow the Texas Rangers all season long on your home for Texas Rangers baseball, ESPN Central Texas.
8: The monster trucks
1: are coming. Are you ready for some mud? The Mud Fest is coming to the Riesel Lions Club Fairgrounds Friday and Saturday, August 20th and 21st. The Riesel Lions Club is proud to announce the return of the 2021 McClendon County Mud Fest, featuring side-by-side drag racing in the mud with some of the fastest mud dragsters on the planet, plus mega trucks. Come watch the 2,500 horsepower monster trucks chair up the all-new redesigned course with bigger jumps than ever before. These monster mega trucks will have you on the edge of your seat as they battle it out. Tough trucks, UTV side-by-side racing, and mega truck freestyle is sure to Press, kids' power wheel races, and much, much more. Gates open at six, show starts at seven both nights. It's the McClendon County Mud Fest, August 20th and 21st, at the Riesel Lions Club Fairgrounds. Buy your tickets at the gate. $20 for adults, $10 for kids ages five to 12, and four and under or free. Event is Be Wild be with a $10 cooler charge. Hands only, please. Limited seating is available, so bring a lawn chair. Special thanks to
13: RDO Equipment, small Boy Trucking, and United Rules.
3: Being a letter carrier and walking 20,000 steps, which equals up to about 10 miles a day, it's tough. I really didn't have feet problems, I had back problems. I had had as many epidurals that I could possibly have in one year. That was scary. Well, I'd been delivering letters to the Good Feet store for over six years, and the expert
9: there finally convinced me to try their art supports. For over 20
15: years, we've been helping people like Keith actually live the life they love without their feet getting in the way.
3: The people at the Good Feet Store really educated me about what the arch supports could actually do. And lo and behold, I have no more back problems. The future I can see now. I couldn't see it before. Where I would be without them? I have no clue. I'm Keith, and that's my Good Feet Story. See what we can do
9: for you with a free personalized arch support fitting at the Good Feet Store.
3: The Good Feet Store in Waco, located near Cabela's.
0: Now, from the Alan Samuel Studios.
1: It's a couple of minutes after 5 o'clock. Drive safely on your way home this afternoon. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Our 5 o'clock hour, a service of VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. They're currently hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service techs. All openings start at $17 an hour or more, and you can apply at 7601 Imperial Drive. All right. uh, We are joined now by Calvin Watkins from the Dallas Morning News. Calvin, I know you're probably sick sick to your stomach talking about the quarterback situation, but... Uh, with, with Dak not playing, and he's probably not going to play this weekend, is, is that a big deal to you? You got me now, Calvin? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got you. We appreciate it. And, and thanks for your time today. And I, I was just asking, with, with Dak not, really not going to play this weekend and certainly won't play the final weekend, is that a big deal to you going into that, that Tampa game?
15: Uh, not necessarily. Um, if he hadn't thrown a pass, like remember when we talked to Oxnard when he was hurt and if he hadn't thrown a pass since Oxnard and up till say today, then I'd be very concerned. But because he has thrown some passes, um, at full velocity, I, I'm not worried about it too so much. I think as soon as he got hurt to me, the, the bottom line was getting him ready for Tampa Bay. Because whether or not he plays against the Texans on Saturday or next Sunday against Jacksonville, it doesn't really matter. Um, If we're worried about Dak not getting chemistry with some veteran guys that he's been with for a couple of years, then he probably shouldn't be the starting quarterback as Dallas Cowboys.
3: Kevin, when you look at this defense, Dan Quinn came in to make over this defense. Does it feel like that, one, he has enough to work with and that this defense is – getting it are they playing looser are they playing faster under dan quinn at least so far
15: yeah i think so i think they all playing a little looser uh, they're more comfortable uh, when guys are playing fast dan quinn was talking about this today when guys are playing fast that means that they know the scheme they're not afraid to make mistakes and that's not the bottom line last year we saw that a lot of these guys on defense afraid to make mistakes they were very tentative because they were overthinking things and they should just play and they couldn't do that last year because they had a new scheme. This scheme is very similar to the one they had two years ago on the Rod Marinelli and Chris Rashad. So there is a comfort, a comfort level there. Plus, uh, Quinn is a very good communicator. Uh, the players like him and how he communi- communicates with them, you can relate to them on so many different levels. So, yeah, I, I do think, as McCarthy said the other day, as a matter of fact, he said it today to the beat guys. He said it to us. The defense has been way ahead of the offense, the whole camp.
3: Does it feel like, too, that that Dan Quinn has more tools in the toolbox to work with?
15: Um, I think he's got different tools. Um, You know, they made some mistakes in free agency last year. Now, we don't know of the guys they signed this year in free agency or the guys they drafted if they're going to work out. We all like Parsons, but he was one of, uh, I think, eight that they drafted on defense. So, we'll wait and see. Um, but the, the tools are different this year in comparison to last year's tools. Last year, remember, they signed ha Clinton-Dick at, at safety, mm-hmm. and he didn't even make it to the regular season. So, you know, and they signed Malik Hooker, and we haven't seen him yet. We'll probably see him about 10 plays on Saturday against the Texans. So we'll see how that goes.
1: What, what about the defensive tackle spot, the three-tech, uh, obviously with the injury uh, in the Arizona game? They're thin there.
15: Oh, yeah. They're kind of thin, but they're going to mix and match some guys. They're going to move some guys around. also's uh, going to move inside. He's a, he's a nose anyway, but he can play the three-tech. Brent Urban can play the three-technique and defensive end. So, you know, Bohaina, another draft pick, he can play three-technique and zero, the zero-technique. So, you know, yeah, you lose Neville Gallimore because he was really playing well. You might not have Tristan Hill until maybe week two, week three. But for the most part, you, you have enough pieces there where you can move some guys around. Now, it does worry me a little bit, but you got to deal with it until Gallimore comes back and until Tristan Hill comes back.
3: Calvin, is the biggest concern still on this offense, the offensive line and the depth that it has right now?
15: Yeah, it, it is a little bit. You know, I was talking to some colleagues today, and one of my colleagues was ranting and raving about Connor Williams, and I said, well, I don't know if Connor Williams is going to start. <laughs> <laughs> I think Conor McGovern might be your starting, uh, your starting uh, guard there, and and then Conor McGovern has, hasn't done anything wrong. He's played well, uh, and that's okay because then Connor Williams, there's your backup. So, but it's like I've always said, nobody has great depth. If everyone if had great depth, you know, no one would lose games. Mm-hmm. So you, you, what you worried about is if say Tyron Smith goes down. Can Terrence Steele or Ty Mischke can step up and be average until Tyron Smith comes back? That's what you're looking for, you know? If you had a bunch of Tyron Smiths, you couldn't afford to pay them all. That's not realistic. So uh, they have average depth like everybody does. You know, every once in a while you can get somebody of quality. I got quarterback last year. They had Andy Dalton, you know? Andy Dalton was good to have when Dak went down, but you know what? Cowboys still went six and ten, you know. So sometimes you can have a, a named player that can provide depth. But can that guy play? He's the reason why he's backup, you know, because he's no longer a major starter in this league. So I think the backup of offensive line is a concern. Um, but like, but I always look at at that, especially when it comes to the line that no one's got great offensive line play outside of the starting five.
1: Saturday night, it's the uh, the Texans uh, in town. Uh at ATT. and it used to be and and it may still be I don't know but it used to be that 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 second to the last preseason game was kind of what they considered a dress rehearsal is mm-hmm. that still the case now uh with with OTAs and and, and all of the uh, it's it's a full-time job now I mean is it still a dress rehearsal for the Cowboys Saturday night Oh yeah it is um
15: yeah these, you know the, the only difference is we're not going to see Dak and you might not see Zeke but we've just seen most everybody else on offense. Defensively, we've seen you know pretty much everyone every game. I don't think DeMarcus Lawrence will play. I wouldn't think. But uh, this is a dress rehearsal. The interesting thing about the defense is who starts in the base defense. Is it Vanderrish and Jalen Smith? Hmm. Is it Parsons, Jalen Smith, and Vanderrish? Is it is – it, uh, uh, so we've got to figure out who starts there. Has uh, Maurice Candidate, he's going to play outside corner a little bit more in this game because the Cowboys want some versatility out of him. And I think he's better than Jordan Lewis in the slot. Then again, with Dan Quinn saying today, I think Candidate's going to play outside a little bit more. Has Candidate pushed Anthony Brown to the bench? So this is a dress rehearsal, definitely, and also a time where some of the veterans can establish themselves and say, I'm the starter at this particular position.
3: Kelvin, how high is the ceiling for '88? CD Lamb is—is is this guy in your mind going to be something very, very special as we look down the road?
15: Oh yeah, I like—I like what CD's been doing so far in, in camp. I mean, we all saw what he did last year. Um, <laughs> he's got high expectations. I remember last year he wanted to be uh, offensive rookie of the year. You know, last year he didn't get that, obviously, but, but. I'm sure one of his goals this year is probably to make the Pro Bowl, maybe get an All-Pro no, you know, nomination or whatever.
13: Mm-hmm.
15: Um, but he definitely has that potential. The Cowboys have a fantastic receiving for I mean, you kind of forget about Amari Cooper and and how good of a, a route runner he is. He just does it so quietly, so effectively, you know. And uh, but but C.B. Lamb, is, I mean, it's gonna be hard to stop him on on some of some game days. So I can tell you that. So,
1: and we were kind of talking about this. If you're a if you're a defensive coordinator, are you going to double Amari Cooper? or are You going to double CD Lamb?
15: That's a good one. I'm um, not to call Todd Bowles and ask him what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, I mean, you can say you can say, "All right, let's double Amari Cooper," and then CD Lamb kicks your tail. Then you go. Okay, well, let's double. CD and now Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper fix your tail, so you kind of screwed either way. You know, it's kind of like you playing the Lakers and you say if we take LeBron out, or we take AD out. You know, if we take them both out, then then it's almost impossible to take both of them out. You know, so it's it's, it's an interesting dilemma. But one of the keys, I think, to, to kind of taking these two or one of these receivers out is getting crushed on the quarterback. It was, was go back to your point about the depth, of the offensive line. If you have some health issues along that front, they're going to come after Dax, especially if your line's not 100% healthy. And that's where you see they can't get the ball to CB because Dax on his back. They can't get the ball to Amari because Dax under pressure. And he's got to throw a ball away. So um, defenses will find a, will find a way because those coaches are going to pay a lot of money to watch that tape all day to figure out how to stop offenses.
3: Is it a little bit concerning that the Cowboys are now trying to find the the guys for the kicking game, the kickers that, that they need to have? Because sometimes you hope that's not even a thought in your head because they're automatic. But right now they find themselves, because of injury and other things, that they're trying to find the right guy right now.
15: Uh, I think they have um, Uh Greg Zerline, as you know, is coming off back surgery. And today, Don uh, Fossil said that Zerline will probably kick in pregame on Saturday against the Texans. Mm. And that Zerline, um, they want Zerline to hopefully kick in the last preseason game against Jacksonville. So <laughs> the reason why they signed this kid is because Hunter uh, Niswalder hurt his back in the Hall of Fame game, so he was trying to get through that as much as he could. And at some point, he' say he can't do it, so that's why he got waived and injured. But what we were told today is Zerline should be okay, and then he'll they want him to kick against Jacksonville, which is what two weeks from now. And he should do some pre-game kicking against Houston this weekend. So, if that if that goes fine, then we're okay. But if not, then yeah, you got problems.
1: Hey, Calvin, what are you what are you working on right uh, right now for the uh, for the Dallas Morning News?
15: Uh, I'm trying to figure out what to write for Saturday's paper, but I might write uh, <laughs> on uh, Malik Hooker how he's in an interesting position. How he is this highly regarded first-round pick, and injuries have just kind of sapped his career. And now in a situation, maybe a last chance to kind of showcase what he, what he could be, but but he might be the odd man out because the Cowboys have so many corners, so many safeties, and Hooker might, no matter what he does, might get cut. You know what I'm saying? And then they might have to bring him back if possible. So that's one possible story I could work on. Another one I'm working on is how much the Cowboys missed Dak Prescott and how much of he, he's a soul of this team you know guys really gravitate to that and uh um and when, when he's not on the field uh, it, it, the team suffers uh, mentally
1: calvin as always man it is a pleasure thanks so much for your time today
15: thanks for thinking of so i Can we do it yesterday i just have, had a lot going on you know, booster club all kind of I,
13: and stuff
1: so, i got you hey thanks <laughs> we'll, we'll do it again soon thanks
15: Yes,
13: sir see Thank you God. later
1: It's Calvin Watkins from the uh, dallas morning news uh and, and, and again, we got some guys who were to come on this program that got their thumb on on uh, what is going on and mm-hmm. I, I think tomorrow we uh, we may talk to uh we had i don't know that we've firmed it up, but we're going to work on getting you r j Ochoa from blogging the boys on the program and we got, some, uh, we got some other cool guests coming up uh, on the program tomorrow as well. It's a 5-15, 15 after 5. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom and Ward, we're glad you're alongside. And our uh, program is brought to you, as always, by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business, where you can make this the summer event. 2021 Ram 1500 quad cab Lone Star with total values of 62.50 or 2.9% for 72 months, plus two thousand dollars bonus cash that's why ram truck owners are the most loyal to the brand again they're at uh, 201 west loop 340 you can check out their vehicles online at alan samuels remember alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram fiat your friend in the car business stay up stay with us it's time now for the uh, cowboy update
7: Hi, everyone. With today's Cowboys Report, I'm Christy Scales, an undrafted rookie who was a long shot to make the team as the lone fullback on the roster. We'll introduce you to Nick Ralston after this.
6: Whether you're getting ready to purchase a home, setting up a college fund for your kids, or preparing for retirement, you're working hard to live a life you love. And you deserve peace of mind knowing your home, loved ones, and future are protected.
9: At SWBC, we can help you assess your personal situation and create a customized solution to make sure you're prepared for whatever life throws your way. Visit SWBC.com to learn about your mortgage, insurance, and wealth management options today. That's SWBC.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary
8: anymore. I'm
7: Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy said yesterday, Dak Prescott probably won't play in Saturday night's preseason home opener against Houston. So what's normally a dress rehearsal game for veterans will probably be more time for rookies like Nick Ralston of Argyle, Texas. Ralston is undrafted and was a long shot to make the team, but now he's the only fullback on the roster. Zeke Elliott is hoping Ralston can be his lead blocker, but knows blocking isn't enough for Ralston to survive the final cutdown.
12: The biggest thing for Nick uh, to focus on is just making sure he gets on a special team. You know, every day I'm just, you know, in his ear, letting him know that he needs to be locked in on his fullback assignments, but more importantly, go out there and contribute on special teams.
7: Saturday's kickoff is 7 p.m. Central. From Cowboys Camp at the Star, I'm Christy Scales. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Haley Fitzpatrick. The humidity sticks around as we head into the overnight with partly cloudy skies and a low tonight of 77. We'll wake up to a little bit more cloud cover in the morning before seeing mostly sunny skies as we head into the afternoon with a high tomorrow of 94. Heat index values will feel a little bit more like the upper 90s to lower 100s. Saturday is looking to be mostly sunny and a high of 96. Make sure to join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 530, 6 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com. For any changes in the weather.
5: Recently on the Matt Mosley show. Brett
7: Zorneman joining us right now from the Houston Chronicle. I then sought out Commissioner Greg Sankey, you know, and and uh,
6: found him on Red Radio Road down there, and he looked at me like, "Where did you hear that?" You know, and <laughs> and then uh, essentially he said, "Well, you know, rumors have been swirling." And then he said, "Yeah, no comment." You know that because and at that point, you know, then we're trying to get uh, reaction from from
0: especially Texas and then and then OU. Matt Mosley weekdays at 3 p.m on
2: ESPN Central Texas. boys.com.
10: we ESPN Radio Sports Center.
3: I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Chicago White Sox pitcher Lance Lynn was ejected from his start against the Oakland Athletics last night after tossing his belt to umpires from the dugout during a foreign substance inspection. D3 football put out its top 25. University Mary Harden Baylor Crusaders are number one, followed by Mount Union, North Central, Whitewater, and Wheaton, rounding out the top five. Harden Simmons came in at number seven. You can hear all the Crusaders' games this fall on Fox Sports Central Texas. Lyle Collins left practice early yesterday for the Cowboys with what appears to be a shoulder and neck issue. Cowboys dress rehearsal with the Texans this Saturday. Astros skid continues and try to avoid the sweep this afternoon, taking on the Royals. And the Texas Rangers lost to the Mariners last night. Have an afternoon game at Globe Light Field with the Mariners, and you can hear that game on Fox Sports Central Texas.
0: Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Now, back to the Alan Samuel Studios. It's 521,
1: 21 after 5. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom and Ward, we're glad you're with us. And Ward, I, we, we've talked some about this uh, over the last few days and last few weeks, quite frankly, because it, it's a subject that I think Unfortunately, I hope we don't, but I think we're going to be dealing with, in some shape, form, or fashion, again this football season. That's COVID nineteen, and I don't know if you saw this, but Washington Governor Jay Inslee announced uh, yesterday that a COVID nineteen vaccine requirement is for uh, he is is going to be required for K through twelve, so most kiddos, most childcare and early learning, and higher education employees, which would include. Washington State University football coach Nick Rolovich who is not vaccinated. In fact, I believe he is the only FBS head coach that's not vaccinated, but uh and they've got to have it done by October the 18th. Does that mean on October the 18th he cannot go to work?
3: Well, if he's a state employee, I guess it does. Uh, I mean he, that's that's how I how it reads to me. Rolovich he's, he said when when attending the Pac-12
1: media days uh, media day remotely after he said he did not receive a vaccine. Uh, and He said he keep he's keeping the reasons uh, for his decision private. He said, I don't mean to cause any heartache to, to this university or to this athletic department or this state. Uh, as I go forward, I plan on adhering to all policies that are implemented for the unvaccinated at the state, local, campus, and conference level. It sounds like he is not...
3: Going to get the vaccine. Well, <laughs> it's what it sounds like. I don't know if that's how it's going to end up. Now, the uh, the Athletic Department re-
1: released a statement basically saying Washington State Athletics, including staff, coaches, and student athletes, will continue to follow all campus, local, state, Pac-12, and NCAA guidelines related to health and safety surrounding COVID-19. And we will work to ensure that uh, that the mandates in the governor's proclamation are followed. So...
3: I mean, it sounds to me like if he wants to coach, he's going to have to get the vaccine.
1: If not, if there's going to be a little push and shove, isn't it? I mean, and so how do you how do you navigate that if you're Washington State in in, in the coaching staff?
3: I, well, I, I, think, I don't know. I, I don't either. I, I think they'll probably just say, hey, look, it's it's a state mandate from the governor. Either you're going to have to get vaccinated or we're going to have to put you either on leave or we're going to have to move on from you. And that's going to be probably week six or week seven. Think about it, October the 18th. Oh, I bet they do it before then. He either needs to agree now or it, he's going to be out of a job. It, it'll be curious to see what happens there. You know, it, you know,
1: we, we've we talked this week some about some of the institutions, uh, you know, that are going to require, you know, all personnel, fans included, to, to be able to prove their, that they've been vaccinated. You're going to. You're going to have to do that, you know, we, as we mentioned in, at Tulane University. New yeah, Orleans, you and, know. And what
3: happens in the NFL? We didn't even address this. You know, the, the Saints are now saying that all fans that enter and the Raiders, all fans that enter the stadium mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. to prove they're vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Well, some of these teams are at 85% vaccinated. Do they, if they're going to enter the building, do they have to be 100% vaccinated? That's my assumption. When you go to New Orleans or you go to the Las Vegas, because again, well, I mean, everybody on the Raiders is not vaccinated yet. I mean, that's that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Everybody on the Saints are not vaccinated yet. Some of the players are not vaccinated. So, if they're going to play in that building, do they have to have a vaccine? Or, or they're going to have?
1: Wasn't it? They also could test seventy-two hours prior.
3: Yeah, maybe that. Would uh,
1: be it. You know, so but there's somehow some way you're going to have to prove that you do not have <laughs> have COVID. You know, in and, and I'm surprised that that's not the ruling is that you have to test before you go into the building because as you know and I know uh, our governor for example he, he's he's had the vaccine and, and he's positive right again it does not prevent you from getting covid-19 and that's what some people don't understand but it, no. it it's supposed to prevent the symptoms from being as for lack of a better term, dramatic or
3: you know, or, or as in, as intense supposed to, but I yeah. mean, there's still people with the vaccine that are ended up in ICU right mm-hmm. now. So I mean, I I don't know. I I don't. Unfortunately, I don't know what the and I don't know that anybody does knows what the answer is right now. This, I mean, it's it's going down a bad track again. I told you I had a doctor once told me he said
1: he said if anybody tells you that they know exactly what's going on with this, they don't. That they're treating. The symptoms, and they're they're you know, and, and they're prescribing medication based off of symptoms because there are so many different it, how how it how it affects people. It affects mm-hmm. everybody differently, right? So, so bottom line is, I don't know what Washington State University does with their football program. I don't either. I have no idea. And, and that's, I, I found that intriguing when, when I read that story this morning. I was like, okay, so what do they do? and i'm sure they're not happy about having to address it like that. No, because you know, last thing you want to, you want to do is make national headlines or force. be a distraction to your football right. team yeah. because look, that's that's going to end up being a distraction. And and again, he did not attend Pac-12 media days. He he did it virtually. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that all how that all unfolds and 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 we'll see what they decide to do as uh, as we move forward. It's a uh, I, I just again, where there's so many moving parts to this, and and it's and it really at times is confusing to me. I mean, oh, it is. There's no doubt. And and, and when you think, okay, I think I know what's right. I, I, here's what's right for me. Here's what's right. And then you see, you see something, you go, Hang on, let me rethink this. You know, uh, it, it's it's really is a it's it, it's tough right now. And and we're going into a lot of this is uncharted territory. And, and certainly, last year was definitely uncharted territory. The one thing I that I hope is, you know, from that that we're able to play the games and we're able to attend the games, we're able to do those kind of things, because I think that's a positive from a mental health standpoint. Right. Is being able to to interact with your friends and your neighbors and, and your family.
3: Yeah, it's also a a positive financially. Yeah, I mean, I'll, make no mistake about it. Th- Everybody took a hit financially. Yeah. And these small businesses need it Bingo. as much as anybody. Think about
1: the, the little cafe in that small Texas town that's getting ready to host the Friday night high school football game.
3: Oh yeah. I mean they're they're drooling right now. They can't wait. Yeah. They're yeah. wringing no,
1: their hands. Right. No, you're right. You're right. All right. Then speaking of uh small Texas towns and and football. Uh, coming up next, we're going to visit with Terry Crawford. Uh, I've known Terry forever, and he does a tremendous job as the head football coach uh, of the Abbott Panthers. And we'll talk to him in just a couple of minutes. But right now, we're going to talk about Shorty's Pizza Shack. Uh, come on, guys. We had Shorty's the other night. And and, and stop and think about this. We had, what, nine guys, something like that? And we had four pizzas? And we had a ton of pizza left over, didn't we? And there are some eaters in this building.
2: (laughs) That's an understatement.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Quit looking at me when you say that. Uh, Shorty's Pizza Shack, and again, they, man, terrific food. Uh, The the dough's made fresh daily. The marinara's homemade. Uh, Their ingredients, such as the burger, the sausage, and all of that stuff, uh, made in-house with no fillers, no additives, and no artificial flavoring. And they've been in business since 2011. Uh, owned and operated by four Baylor alumni and uh, man they just do a terrific job and we called them and said hey we need some pizzas we're going to send somebody over to pick them up they did just that and uh, we had a a, a meeting here the other night and a lot of guys here and we we had a uh, had a big time as uh, we uh, and it's that and I like it Aaron because it's New York style pizza and and it, I love the crust. I mean, I could do that all day long. That's just outstanding pizza. Shorty's is uh, proud to serve locally brewed craft beers in the can or on, dra- uh, on a draft by the pint or half picture. You can, grab a, you can grab a cold one and enjoy a slice of pizza and, and, and take in a ball game right there at Shorty's Pizza Shack. They're at uh, 12th and Bagby. You can give them a call at 254-235-2646 at Shorty's Pizza Shack.
10: This is Dallas Cowboys football, football 2021 Prescott in the gun. They glitched. only heard here. here. Deep ball by Prescott man all alone at the goal line CD Land. all season. 43 yards, a touchdown and a touchdown dance
9: Saturday night. It's your Cowboys and the Houston Texans live from AT&T
1: stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. The Cowboys and the Texans, Saturday night at 6 on ESPN Central Texas.
14: This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in Personally Fit Arch supports at the Good Feet store. Ah, Music to our ears. Just like the words of Deidre and Dave, real customers who decided to give Good Feet Arch supports a try with a free fitting
7: and test walk. The pain would shoot up my heels. I would tiptoe out of bed because my heels hurt so badly.
8: The pain level was over 10, and my doctor recommended that I go to Goodfeet and try the arch supports.
7: When I went to the Goodfeet store, I had a free consultation. They allowed me to try on the arch supports.
8: And took about three, four steps. Turned around and went and sat back down and started to cry. It was the first time that I had no pain.
14: See how our trusted specialists and personally fit arch supports can help with foot, knee, hip, and back pain. Stop by the Good Feet Store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop
3: by today at the Good Feet Store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace.
2: Why do business with UBO Business Solutions? It's simple. 94% first-time fix rate means that 94% of the time when our technician leaves your office, your device is back to full functionality. All systems installed and serviced by UBO have operating levels above 99%. We accomplish this through expert technicians and preventative maintenance. Since 2004, 97% customer retention means we are taking care of our clients. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com.
3: Tchau, e ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Chicago White Sox pitcher Lance Lynn was ejected from his start against the Oakland Athletics last night after tossing his belt to umpires from the dugout during a foreign substance inspection. D3 Football put out its top twenty-five. University Mary Hardin Baylor Crusaders are number one, followed by Mountain Union, North Central, Whitewater, and Wheaton, rounding out the top five. Hardin Simmons came in at number seven. You can hear all the Crusaders games this fall on Fox Sports Central Texas. Lyle Collins left practice early yesterday for the Cowboys with what appears to be a shoulder and neck issue. Cowboys dress rehearsal with the Texans this Saturday. Astros skid continues and try to avoid the sweep this afternoon, taking on the Royals. And the Texas Rangers lost to the Mariners last night. Have an afternoon game at Globe Light Field with the Mariners, and you can hear that game on Fox Sports Central Texas.
0: Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. from the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios.
1: All right, 535. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Brought to you by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, Tom Ward and Aaron. And we're glad you're with us. And we're going to talk some high school football. And we're going to welcome in to the program, the head coach of the uh, Abbott Panthers, Coach Terry Crawford. Terry, good afternoon. How are you, buddy?
15: I'm doing good, man. It. You
11: know, it's a nice, hot, humid day, and we're fixing a scrimmage. So, what could you ask for? You
1: know? <laughs> got to get them ready for Friday night, don't you?
11: That's right. That's exactly
1: right. So, so you got Walnut Springs and in uh, Stephenville Faith in in a three way scrimmage. What do you look to get done in this in this final scrimmage, Terry? Well, right now we're
11: just trying to make some final personnel decisions. Uh, you know, we've got a few positions that are still kind of up for grabs. And, and we're, we're evaluating that. And then we're just trying to get reps. You know, we got we got lots of depth in our program this year. We got 24 players out. 25 players out it means we can run a JV. And uh, this was scheduled just to be a, a a single team scrimmaging with us. And we added Stephenville. They were looking and we added them because we needed some rep, uh, reps for all of our kids. So, you know, we're just trying to polish things up, clean things up, and, and uh, get ready uh, to start putting a game plan in for next week when
3: it counts. Coach, do you go with a controlled scrimmage, even in a three-way scrimmage, and then maybe play a half with each one? Or how does that work when you have the three teams in one scrimmage?
11: Yeah, we're going to go a set number of plays right now with with our ones and our twos and our threes. The other problem is the other ones don't have a set three. Um, but, uh, you know, we'd like to run at least a live quarter if we can later. We we kind of leave that live quarter up to the officials. You know, a lot of times we get officials here and they want to run a live quarter just to get prepared for next week too. So we'll leave the live quarter up to them. But uh, we're just going to run, you know, 15 plays on offense, 15 on defense, and rotate through until everybody's tired and ready to go home.
1: Kerry, we, we've asked you to do this uh, from time to time, but to talk about what the six-man game brings to the fan and, and just how much fun the game is.
11: Well, you know, it's, it's exciting because anything that scores lots of points, fans like. So uh, there's a lot of offense in this game. Uh, but really, you know, you know, what you should appreciate from it is uh, the defense. The defense is so tough in this game. You know, when you – when you focus on defense, you win, you win state championships. And, and we put a lot of emphasis on defense. You know, we won a game one year in the playoffs, uh, 118 to 100. And I was asked afterwards by someone in the media, you know, what was the difference in the game? And I said, defense, and they laughed. Well, we, we stopped them three times. So defense was important that night, you know. So, uh, you know, but uh, it's fast-paced. It's, there's a lot of open field hits. There's probably a lot more contact. And big hits in this game than you see on the 11 the man game just because there's more wide open space. So uh, it, it gets very interesting. You see a lot more onside kicks. Uh, you know, 11 man, they're kicking it deep. We don't, we tell our kids now with the new rule if you fair catch inside the 20, I might run out there and tackle you myself. <laughs> but, um, because we want you to catch the ball and run it. Onside kicks are where it's really tough for us. So, if we get a team that kicks it, kicks it deep. We want a return because it's to our benefit to return. So, when, uh,
3: when it's when lot Coach, when you have the depth that you were talking about, is, is that extremely beneficial for you to be able to do the things you want to do offensively?
11: Oh, it's huge. Your your, your decision-making is so much easier. I'm a much better play caller because of the depth we have. We've got a significant injury out right now. We've got an all-state, uh, what we call guards, more like a tight end and, and a defensive end. Uh, they banged the knee up last, last week, and you know we're holding him out again this week. And it's no big deal this year to hold him out because we've got a kid playing behind him that we're having to make a decision whether or not you know who if he's going to play more over an all state kid are we going to move personnel around so when, when you got depth in positions and you just say next man up uh, it it makes life so much easier
1: talk about the the quality of play in in central texas i was just looking at jonesboro blum and and yourself uh, all in the top 10 so th- there's quality play up and down uh in, in in this game
11: oh no doubt you know we're we're a hotbed right here um, You know, I've seen a lot of change in my years. I'm starting year number 30 in Abbott right now. Because I mean, you're
1: old,
13: Terry.
11: That's wow. <laughs> right, I am old. And what's bad is you're old because when I started 33 years ago, you were officiating baseball <laughs> games. But, uh, that, that ages us both. But, you know, I've seen the sport, especially at the six-man level, grow so much when I first got here. Um, we were one of the few programs that lifted weights and actually studied film and and things like that. Now uh all the elite programs are film studiers. You know, I have my hats off to, to Blum is Coach Cooper Thornhill has turned that program around. Uh he was our defensive coordinator in fifteen when we won state and no one no one watches more film and prepares more than that guy does. So, you know, we just, it's just a trickle down effect. We we looked at what the, the programs above us were doing to be successful and, and we've done that. So uh, you know the hard thing in a small school is people say you 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 can't have a balanced program, and we take pride on having a balanced program all the way around. We 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 compete and we compete at a high level.
3: Coach, comparing the six man game to the eleven man game, it's still football, and a lot of it is it doesn't change just because there's fewer players on the field. You go about it the same way, and you still have kind of the same philosophy and the same goals in mind, don't you?
11: Well, no doubt. Look. I read a good article in the, in, in the paper today about Bosqueville and Crawford and what dominant third line is. It's no different down here. Um, we have success because of guys that don't get any pub, you know, those guys that are on the line um, And, and in football. I don't care what style of football you're playing comes down to two things it comes down to blocking and tackling. And the teams that do that the best are always going to be in the mix every year. And so, He put a lot of emphasis on technique, and we put a lot of emphasis on uh, blocking, and we put a lot of emphasis on tackling. Um, The only difference for us is you don't have a lot of linebackers plugging a hole in this game. There's a lot more open field tackling. So, you know, if you're a college coach and you want to recruit a good tackler for your secondary, you need to come down to a good uh, six-man program because they can open field tackle.
3: Coach, special teams, how different or how much more emphasis are on special teams Because of the open field and the ability of big plays in special teams in six man?
11: No doubt. Like I say, most of ours will kick the ball, will onside kick. You know, I'm on the rules committee with the UIL, and one of the points of emphasis uh, in the 11 man game is to make the kickoff safer. And they're talking about kicking the ball deep. And I sit in those meetings and I go, okay, if we're going to talk about making it safer, then we got to address the onside kick in in six man. Uh, They get a, uh, it's 15 yards. Oh, they're five yards back we get a 20 yard head start and you get to tee off on somebody that's dangerous um and and so it, it, and then when you just look at the extra points if we kick an extra point we get two points and people go well why do you do that well we've got four guys to block six and kick an extra point and that's not easy so uh, unless i can find me a drop kicker which i beg every year so i can put <laughs> a blocker up there i've seen it done twice in my career and uh, I had a coach one time that could uh, that could drop kick, and I tried to suit him up, but uh, <laughs> I didn't think I could get away with it. So. those are the two big differences in, in special teams.
1: Hey Terry, I know you got to get going. You you got a scrimmage in 17 minutes, man. Thanks so much for popping on and and talking to us, and uh, and best of luck to you tonight and throughout the season. Hey, I appreciate what y'all do for uh, Central Texas sports. Thank you guys. Talk to you soon. That's Terry Crawford, the uh, head coach of the Abbott Panthers. Now his son is on the coaches staff. His son is the uh, also the head baseball coach, and he's won a couple of state championships. I think yeah, they're, uh, the, they're pretty good in baseball. Yeah, w- winning uh, runs through the uh, Abbott program, and winning runs through the Crawford family. I think so. Uh, there's no question. All right, it's a 5:43. We're 17 away from six, and uh, we're brought to you in part this afternoon by our friends at Good Feet in the uh, Central Texas marketplace. And you know, Good Feet. Uh, First of all, let me just tell you this: the consultation and the fitting is absolutely free, so don't don't sweat it. If you if you maybe you have back pain or, or hip pain or or even pain in your knees, that's where that's what got me. Is I had pain in the knees, and and you're like, what is what is going on here? Well, one thing you can do is go buy good feet. It may not be your knees or your back or your hip. It may be your arch. Uh, support system in your shoes and and you may not be standing correctly and you may not be walking correctly and that's exactly what was going on with me and and that's why they uh, they helped me out 350 different sizes 25 different styles and again they're open seven days a week Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6 and Sundays from noon until 5 and you know it it is a premier pain relief product and, uh, and and their goal is simple total body wellness for, for you. Check him out today at Goodfeet. Goodfeet is located in the Central Texas marketplace near Cabela's. Baylor football lives here.
9: Slipping one man. It's Sneed. He's go. into the end zone. Wow, what a move. A shotgun. He's pressured. And he's down. Hit by Bernard. He's ready. Pass is caught. Touchdown,
8: Bears. That's
9: intercepted. This will be a pick six into the end zone. Throw. he's got it for a touchdown
8: listen all season long on your home for Bears football ESPN Central Texas it's time now for
5: the Naked Truck the ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity
14: I know why. It's not just because he has a big dually. It's not the size of the truck that matters. You have tunes that give me a headache. Justin has running boards and a hitch to pull his boat. That's just because he goes to pickup outfitters. Maybe you should take a lesson, Brad.
5: Will Amanda and Justin find happiness? Will Brad go to pickup outfitters? Tune in again to the, the Naked truck. truck, brought to you by Pickup Outfitters, 220 Lakeview Drive in Waco
0: for the grab bag on Game
1: Time. 5.49, and it is time for the grab bag, and we begin by telling you that Baylor soccer opens tonight at Minnesota, and then on Sunday, they're at North Dakota State. Uh, let's see. How about this one, Ward? Uh, Otani, Shohei Otani, uh, went deep last night for his 40th home run, and, and oh, by the way, in the process, he uh, he struck out eight it was just terrific on the mound. He was – I mean, is he not the best overall baseball player in all of baseball right now? Oh, There's no doubt. I mean, there's unbelievable. No and it, he's doing
3: things that Babe Ruth did.
1: It just, just crazy. I mean, he eight innings uh, giving up – he went eight innings last night and hit a home run his 40th of the year. And he, they said he was mad because he gave up a home run to Detroit – in that three to one win, <laughs> so he had to go out there and get that home run back. So there you go. Uh, let's see here. Did you see this? This kid, and I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, I believe it's Hansel Emmanuel Donato, six foot five inch tall, one arm. Just received a basketball scholarship at Tennessee State University. Great. And have you seen That's the awesome? Go watch the video. The kid can play. The, he he does not. He can flat play. Very cool to see. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, the uh, British Open, Women's British Open at Carnoustie will be the most lucrative golf tournament in women's golf with a prize fund increase increase by $1.3 million to a grand total of $5.8 million Ooh. in women's golf. The winner's going to receive $870,000, and the runner-up's going to receive $572,000 and $750, and then it will go from there. But how about that? The uh, total purse for the Women's British Open at $5.8 million. Pretty good. Some good stuff there. That's uh, some of the things that we hit, this, that, and the other. We call it the grab bag here on uh, ESPN Central Texas. This has been a fun one. Uh, and many thanks to uh, Stephen Simcox and Calvin Watkins and Coach Terry Crawford for being on the program. Tomorrow, Ward, you've got the list. Boy, we, we've got a list of uh, some, uh, some great guests coming on the program tomorrow.
3: Yeah, we got Greg Willie from uh, the Temple Belton uh, area, and he will be uh, talking about the Temple Wildcats scrimmage with College Station going on, well, about to start right now. Also, RJ Ochoa from uh, Blogging the Boys and ESPN San Antonio. We'll talk Cowboys with him. Ricky Thompson, sideline for the Baylor Bears. He'll join us as he does every Friday. Uh, and also we'll have uh, Josh on from the Big12.com as he'll talk about, mm-hmm. you know, some of the alignment things and other things, just general Big 12 conversation as well. So, so that should be fun.
1: Big show, 552, that is uh, going to do it for us. Uh, thanks for being a part of the program. We will talk to you again tomorrow at uh, 4 o'clock right here on ESPN Central Texas. So for Ward and for Aaron, I'm Tom. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Thursday night, and we'll see you tomorrow at 4.
8: It's time for today's Spectrum Big 12 Football Preview. Today, a look at the Texas Longhorns. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi,
9: everybody. Continuing our series of Big 12 Football Previews. Today, we'll check in in Austin The Longhorns coming off their first scrimmage.